When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. They, uh, they're finishing up renovating Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Not been an hour away from us. Um, Pearl River Resort, Golden Moon Casinos, and Sportsbook. Amazing Sportsbook. 40 TVs, full bar, served food. Great place to watch games. But uh, they've been renovating Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Top 100 course. Named over and over again. The Azaleas and the Oaks. It's actually two courses. 36 holes. And um, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Clubhouse. I think we'll either be ready this Friday or next Friday. We'll let you know. It's a great place to stay, too. We've uh, we've stayed there. Obviously, we've done shows there and, and all that kind of stuff. It's nothing better than hanging out on the back porch with a uh, Tito's and soda. A couple of oranges in there. And maybe at about 4.35 in the afternoon, overlooking the azaleas and the oaks. And you light a La Florida Minicana, and you're with a buddy. It's uh, That's good living right there. DancingRabbitGolf.com to book your stay and play with your buddies, right? Um, cigars, golf, bourbon, and the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. We welcome in our friend uh, Tom Luganbill. National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Tom Luganville, how are you? I'm good, man. Good morning to you. Are you in Charlotte or are you on the road? I am back. Well, there's my dog. <laughs> I'm not too happy with Mama coming home. Sorry about that. She's standing right next to me as I'm sitting out here on the steps. And I actually came outside so my dogs wouldn't bark. And then next thing you know, I got her out of here and she barks at her own mom. Sorry about that. What? Um, what's her name? Uh, Lois Lane. I love it. I love it because you're always in different. Uh... Well, we got Clark Kent too. He's a, he's older than her though. She's a year and a half, and he's about seven. What kind of dog? Golden Doodles. Nice. <laughs> nice. Lois yeah. Lane and Clark Kent. What's and your Bob, favorite? Our oldest one's Bob. Well, our oldest one is about to be twelve. His name's Bob, and he's getting older. So Bob the dog is uh, Bob the dog was like our our one dog that like our kids are the most attached to just because they were small when we got him. Sure, you know, my son's seventeen and my daughter's fifteen and Bob's about to turn twelve. So, uh, but no, to answer your question, I just actually got off the road. I had Monday night football for the XFL. Uh, got back yesterday afternoon, and then I've got to go to Orlando uh, for this coming week's game uh, on Saturday. 
And in between, we're starting to put together some content for our upcoming uh, 2024 uh, spring uh, player rankings and our updated 2025 underclassmen, like, pre-ranking. Wow. So I, yeah, I got a lot on the table. Yeah, you do. Did you ever meet uh, with all the places and all the games that you have called, plus you're tied to recruiting in the Under Armour All-American game, Mm-hmm. Did you ever meet Lamar Jackson? Oh, yeah, several times. I actually did. Um, uh, I, I actually got a really good story about that. It, it's actually a Bobby Petrino-related story. So I did uh, a, a guy who just, as you know, the, the, the coaching tree and all the, the branches that come off of it. So a guy that was a GA for my dad at Arizona State back in 1982 and 83 – uh, he ended up moving on, was a scout in the NFL for 25, 26 years. And then he got back into the college rank, and he was actually the director of player personnel for Bobby Petrino uh, at Louisville. So one spring, I, you know, I always you know, picked a couple schools where I'd go and visit and spend a few days and talk shop, and I decided to go up there during spring ball. And I had seen, uh, obviously, Lamar at camps and things of that nature when he was young. He was just this raw athlete that was – you kind of didn't know what to do with him. So it was, inter- it was really interesting that he goes to Louisville because when you looked at Bobby Petrino's quarterbacks and the guys that he played with, nobody could even come close to resembling this guy. So you're kind of wondering, like, okay, well, what are they going to do with him? Like, how are they going to get this guy to play in that type of setup? So what was really intriguing, and I think everybody would agree that Bobby Petrino's system and, and – Method of coaching is tried and true, and it's been successful everywhere it's been. And I happened to be there uh, for a couple of days during spring ball, and I'm watching the spring ball, and I start noticing. I'm like, he's never in the shotgun. And so after practice, I said, Coach, I said, I said you're, you're never in the shotgun with him, huh? He goes, well, we'll be in the shotgun with him. He goes, but he's got a lot to learn. So we have a rule this spring, and for 15 days, he is not allowed to take a snap uh, out of the shotgun. He has to take snaps from under center. Uh, he has to work through, you know, uh, ball handling and drops from center, things that are really foreign to him. And he's also not allowed to take off and run. I don't care if he throws it away, and I really don't even care if he makes a risk with the football of throwing it away. I want him to start developing some discipline within the pocket. And uh, it's I tell that story because – it was either the next year or the year after. It was the next year I think he won the Heisman Trophy. And then I had a regular season game with him that year against North Carolina early. And then I also had the Citrus Bowl where they played LSU. They were completely outmanned, um, and, and LSU uh, handled them uh, pretty good. So, yeah, I've been around him uh, quite a bit. What d- Describe his personality to us. Uh, very outgoing, uh, smile on his face all the time. Um, I always liked him because I thought he was a, a, a guy that appreciated playing the game in the sense that he really loves to just go out there and play. If you told him he was just going to go take the ball and go out on a sand lot somewhere and chuck it around, he would love that. Like, that's kind of that's kind of who he is. Um, where I think – it's unfortunate is that he doesn't have any representation. And I, and I just think that is so dangerous 
in, in, in this day and age when, when, you're, when you're dealing with people and, and you need somebody to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to be the intermediary um, because there are relationships at stake and, and there are decisions and conversations that are happening. Um, and I just don't know if that's truly helping him uh, to the level that maybe he, he needs. And then on top of it, I think, you know, let, let's get down to it. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns are to blame for all of this. Right. Right. For every single thing going forward now in the National Football League, um, when people start wanting guaranteed contracts, guaranteed total contracts in the most violent collision based sport or profession outside of UFC, okay, in the world, um, it's just not, it's not, it's not good business practice. It's not, that's not the, the way you stay in business. It's not the way that you invest. And there's just, there's just way too much risk. And now, now that there's been a precedent set, it's kind of screwed everything up. Tom Luganbill, ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Yeah, I agree, Lukes. I mean, I've had people around me that have just helped me tremendously when I had to make, you know, decisions throughout sure. my life. And uh, it's good to lean on people. And, um, you know, man, that, that inner circle and who you're tied in with is super important, Re- really regardless of age, I think. Luke's, you and I are about the same no, age. So there's no doubt. And you know what? It's it's no different than, you know, what I tell young kids that are getting recruited or kids that are in college right now, you know, you are who you hang out with. You are who you associate with. And sometimes you have to step away and, and in the instance of somebody that's dealing with upper management or, you know, CEOs and presidents and general managers and ownership and all of those sorts of things. You, you, you need that intermediary, and um, and there's a reason why everybody has one, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I, I think that's something. I, I hope that that changes in the future for him. I really do. I agree. Uh, let's go to something that's brewing here that you have been a part of and experienced. Uh, you were a Power Five quarterback at Georgia Tech, and you started one season there, coming out of a hell of a JUCO year. You had to go win the job. Um, the big I don't know, coffee, biscuits, scrambled eggs discussion around the state of Mississippi um, from now until, I guess, Lane Kiffin either tells us or it bleeds into late August or maybe even Labor Day, is who's going to win the quarterback position in Oxford, Mississippi. Can you talk about what it's like having been in a really competitive um, quarterback battle at Georgia Tech? Uh Tell me what it's like when every rep counts and what it's like being around that other guy because you don't, you're competing your tail off against them. And so, you know, how, can you really like each other? Can you hang out with each other? Walk us through that, Luke's. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And let me kick my dog on the side of the neck right now. We have another out of bounds fan. Lois Lane yeah, loves. You have, you have another out of bounds. Out of bounds. I think I think she wanted to answer the question, <laughs> um, and if she won't be quiet here, I'm not going to be able to answer your question. Anyway, um, you know it's interesting because I, I was in a very very intense battle, and it's interesting for Jackson Dart because I too transferred into a place that had a returning starting quarterback, right, and that had previous eleven games the year before. And I think, you know, looking back on it, not realizing it at the time, but looking back on it, 
the thing that can be very, very difficult is winning over the team because that person, regardless of how many times they've started, they've been within the locker room. They've been within the framework of the team. They have established relationships, established friendships. And you know what happens oftentimes in, in that type of situation? People take sides. Yep. And that's just human nature, right? So I think that's a, a, a component to it if you're the incoming person. Um, but I, I'll say this, and, and I, I, I did this as a coach because I think it's important um, because you need to be able to present the opportunity to those in the competition, and you need to make sure that they trust in you as a coach that it is a competition. Well, how do you do that? How do you make sure that they, every player thinks that they're getting an equal shot, right? Well, one of the ways you do it, and the most verifiable way, is you chart everything they do. And when I mean chart, I'm talking about did, was it incomplete? Was it complete? Did they make the right progression? Did you make the right check at the line of scrimmage? Did you get the team in the right pass protection? Um, are you, what, is your, what are you doing on third down? Uh, every little thing that could be charted and documented as an objective uh, factor in the decision needs to be done for everybody that's in the competition because at the end of the day, you're going to have to make a decision. And what you want to do is go into that room and be able to say, guys, you've competed for, what, 15 days in the spring, you've gone into the summer, now we've charted everything for, like, in my case, I, uh, I didn't come out of the spring as the starter. We were kind of co-number ones. And then I went into the fall and had to battle up until the week leading into our opener. Um, and so you, you want to go, go in to present to the players, hey, listen, here's what each and every one of you did. So if you're wondering how we came to this decision, right, this is part of the equation. We've documented everything you've done here. It's been equal uh, across the board. But then I also think there's a component that is, is, is a feel. Um, you kind of have an, uh, you get a sense this guy might have a little something that the other guy doesn't have, and maybe that's a personality quirk. Maybe that is a, something in the competitive temperament side, in the mental toughness side, um, and, and you get a feel for it as a coach. You have to have some instincts for that, um, and, and that comes into play in, in, you know, making the decision as well. I, I, I Listen, I'll say this, I, and I had – I look back on it now, and it made me a better person. It made me a better player. But the guy that I was competing with who had started the previous 11 games, they roomed us together in fall camp. Good so Lord. So imagine every – Imagine every single day <laughs> going back to the same room, you know, in between two days at night. And then at the very end, when they tell us the decision, the two of us having to go back to the same room. How, okay, so you don't have cell phones then and you don't have social media. We're visiting with Tom Luganbill with ESPN. You see him on TV and radio and everywhere else. Uh, he was in a heated quarterback battle at Georgia Tech. Um, and he was the new guy, as Luganville said. So we're we're setting this up because of this whole Jackson Dart, who was is the returning starter, Spencer Sanders, and then you have you know Walker Howard over here too. We've never seen a quarterback yep. room like this, I don't think, in college football. And there's rumors that there's a million and a half dollars tied up annually in that room until somebody transfers out, which we've never ever experienced right. either. So th these are all new things that are happening. They happen to be happening at a school that we cover every day 
in in Ole Miss, two hours, two and a half hours up the road. So, um, did y'all ever go? Maybe not to blows, but was it was it contentious? Was it was it? Uh, you know, at times you, you get ticked off at each other. How did that go as roommates, Luke's? Uh, never between us, but yes, between me and other teammates. You know, I had referenced that, you know, guys will take sides and that happened to me. That happened against me. That's part of the deal, you know? Um, and, uh, cause I think a lot of the team felt like, wait a minute, this guy started 11 games. Why did we bring in a junior college guy? Right. What, 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 what are we doing? Why, you know, I don't, I don't like this, blah, 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 whatever it may have been between myself and and him never we actually were pretty close and pretty tight and had and, and later on how about this several years later i end up coaching against him in the arena football league really he ends up going on and, and playing some yeah yeah i mean it's um just you you just never know how that thing how that thing plays out but no everything during the day was highly competitive um you know, you want to win every drill. You want to win every rep. You, you know that every, like I said, everything's being charted. You see him take, uh, let's just say, okay, we're gonna, he's going to go three and I'm going to go three. And all of a sudden, seven on seven, he completes three in a row. Okay, well, now I better go complete three in a row, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or I better go throw a touchdown. And then he may be looking at me, and all of a sudden, you know, I go, you know, 0, 0 for three in a, in a team drill or what have you. And he's going to be looking at that going, all right, maybe that's an edge. Maybe that's a way for me to get a leg up. You know, it's just, it was constant back and forth. And it's, uh, and it's, if, if you have any type of competitive, competitive temperament, or if you have any type of competitive bone in your body, you're always looking what the other guy's doing. You can't help it because sure. you want to beat it. Yeah. You want to beat it. You want to exceed what that person's doing. And, and for me, to be honest with you, one of the reasons why I ended up winning the job, um, I also happened to come in with a new offensive coordinator. Okay. So ah. the offense was new. All right. And the offense was the same for all of us. So we, I didn't have to come in and learn something everybody else was learning. I had to come in and learn and they had to learn at the same pace and at the same rate. Now, where I might've had a little bit of a leg up at the time was I was a coach's kid and I'd been around it and I'd been in locker rooms and I'd been in meeting rooms and I'd, done a lot of X's and O's stuff at a, at a young age. So this particular offense, um, there was a lot of new stuff for uh, – the guy's name was Donnie Davis, by the way. Uh, for okay. Donnie, there was a lot okay. of new stuff. And, um, and for me, like, I was a little bit more comfortable and caught on, I think, a little faster to check with me at the line of scrimmage identifying fronts and then checking the play away from maybe the one technique or, you know, checking it to this or, you know, uh, switching the, the pass protection. We were doing a lot more of that than I think the previous offensive system was doing. And I, I was a little bit further ahead in that regard, and that probably helped me out when it came to the final decision. What about when, when did you know you won it or did you? Um, I, I didn't, man. I, I felt like I had a good camp. I thought it was going to go either way. I could have understood. And I look back on it now and I felt this way the night it happened. Uh, I, I could have understood if I wasn't, wasn't the guy immediately because I felt like the thing was so close that if I wasn't the guy, it didn't mean I wasn't going to play. Like 
the, the thing went down to the wire. I mean, it really did. It was, I think they brought us in on a Sunday leading in. No, we had, we opened up on Thursday night ESPN. So this would have been like the, the previous Thursday, maybe. Um, and, uh, and, and I went in, your guess was as good as mine. I thought, and I think he felt that way too. I think he felt like, okay, I've probably played good enough to win this thing, but so is Tom, you know, that type of thing. Okay. Okay. Tom Luganville with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So let's, Blake, do you have a question? I was going to go on to something else, but if, if you've got more here, then let's, I, let's I was keep just going to ask on the QB thing. You said to start this about QB battles that, oh, you know, team teammates pick sides and I get that kind of stuff. And the hardest thing to do is win the team over. I think yeah. it's easy to, to neglect over that and say, well, oh, hey, if you start winning games, then you can win the team over. That makes sense. But we have, I don't know, four months before the first game, five months. How, yeah. can, can you win the team over without winning a game if you're Spencer Sanders or Walker Howard in this situation? Or does Jackson Dart have a way bigger, bigger leg up because he's won you games? That's a great question. And, and I'll tell you, I didn't. I didn't win games. It was the first time in my career I did not win as a, as a quarterback. And, and that, did that hurt? Absolutely it hurt me because all it did was create more doubt and more resentment and had, you know, you hear the phrase winning cures all woes, and it really does. Sure. At the end of the day, it, it really does. And that was a great question, Blake, because I do think, you know, Jackson Dart, there's some proof in the pudding there, right? And the team knows what they have in him. And, uh, you know, listen, is, is every, are you going to have everybody on your side? No. But the ones that aren't on your side, the only way you're going to get them is if you win. And so I think that where, where Spencer Sanders comes into play is he's won a lot of football games and he's been unbelievably productive. And if these players who follow college football have been playing college football and they're on the roster, don't, you know, like you said before, but way back then and all that, we didn't have Google. We didn't have the internet. Yeah. So all those players, if they didn't know who Spencer Sanders was, they're going to Google Monday. Who's, who's the Spencer Sanders guy? And they're going to go, oh, wow, okay. He's thrown for almost 10,000 yards and, you know, has uh, been very, very productive, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, but I do think going in, the incumbent does have that benefit with, with the locker room. I really right. believe that. Okay. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and you like Jackson Dart, and I thought he played yeah. well last year, but at the end of the day, you believe that Spencer Sanders will win this thing, right? Um, I don't know if I'm convinced of that, but I know what it will do to Jackson Dart. It's going to do one of two things. He's either going to rise to the occasion – or he's going to get caught up in being frustrated because they bought somebody in and he's not going to perform the way they want him to. Yeah. I don't think there will be any gray area. Okay. And I think the thing that concerns Lane Kiffin the most is that he is risky with the football. But that's kind of part of his makeup, right? right. He's a riverboat gambler. Uh, with, with some of the spectacular plays you'll see him make, you're going to see him make some boneheaded ones too. And I think that really ticks Lane Kiffin off. and wants to, He doesn't want to change his temperament but he's got to get him to make better decisions. And if he doesn't make better decisions, then he needed to bring somebody in that is going to send a message to Jackson Dart that that stuff's not going to be tolerated, you know? And so I think, 
how he responds is going to be the biggest determining factor of whether or not Jackson Dart's the quarterback. That's true. Uh, somebody's got to leave the, the nest this summer, though, I think. I, we'll see how it Potentially. It, plays it, won't out. Be, it won't be Walker Howard. No, it will not be. He is Tom Luganbill with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Tom Luganbill, I hope you have a great week, buddy. We'll catch up next week. Will do. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, man. The Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Streaming live for you on thezone1059.com. That's powered by Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. And the super cool Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Also, show is presented by the iconic American Lager. Yingling. Can't beat it. Enjoy an ice-cold Yingling and some crawfish at Mudbugs this afternoon. Blake said he's taken me. Superfan Brooks Bryant from Duty Noble Field at 930.